Welcome to Inside Personal Growth Podcast. Deep dive with us as we unlock the secrets to personal development, empowering you to thrive. Here, growth isn't just a goal, it's a journey. Tune in, transform, and take your life to the next level by listening to just one of our podcasts. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice, and host of Inside Personal Growth. And all of you can see on the other side of the screen here uh, is Richard Flint. And you can get to Richard at richardflint.com forward slash podcast. He has his own podcast as well. And he has a very, very successful seminar workshop company. Good day to you, Richard. How are you doing? Well, Greg, I am alive and well, healthy and fit and happy today. Well, that's the way you always are every time I've talked to you. And we're going to be talking about two of his 19 books, uh, I Need a Life and Behavior Never Lies. Uh, These are a couple of them that he sent to me and some of the frequent. But I'm going to let the listeners know a tad bit about you, Richard. Um, He's a very colorful person, as you can see by the background there. And he always wears those shirts. And there's a story behind that shirt that goes along with Las Vegas. But I'm going to let all of you guys figure that one out. He's a powerhouse. He's the chairman and CEO of Flint, Inc., highly sought-after company that specializes in transformative training and development of individuals, companies, associations, over 35 years of experience in the field of human behavior and development. Uh, He's cemented himself as a renowned keynote speaker and seminar leader who has addressed more than 200,000 people across the globe each year. Uh, He's a prolific author. As I said, he has 19 books, produced more than 100 plus audio and video learning programs, including being a finalist for the top self-help book in 2005. Uh, He's a media darling, has made appearances over 100 radio and TV shows, not including his own podcast, which we just talked about, um, showcasing his exceptional ability to captivate audience with his knowledge and insight. He also hosts his acclaimed podcast, Let's Talk Human Behavior, where he shares his extensive knowledge and helps listeners unlock their true potential. Well, it's a pleasure having you on, uh, Richard. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about these two books. And, you know, if these two books are any indication of what you teach people in your workshops and seminars, then tally-ho to you. Wonderful work. Um, so let's just start off with the overview of your journey. Uh, you've been the founder of this. You've been in this over 30 years. It's begot- and, you've, and you're basically... Um, I really help people with personal growth. How did you get into this, Richard? Why did you get into it? And how come so many books? Well, you know, if you had told me basically 35, 36 years ago that this would be what I was doing with my life, I would have laughed at you. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of us, you know, we have a plan for our life, but sometimes there are turning points in our life that take us in a different direction than where we thought we were headed. Uh, when I went to college, I got an undergraduate degree in English and speech. And, Greg, I thought I was going to teach. But at that time, before you could get your teaching certificate, you had to do a thing called practice teaching. Mm-hmm. So I had, a, I had a 12th grade English class uh, that I was teaching. I had 21 students in the class. 
and basically 15 of them could not read or write. Wow. And so I went to the principal and I told him, we can't graduate these kids because they're not prepared. And he said, well, we have to. We have to graduate them. And I said, well, we're lying to them. We're telling them we're pre- they're prepared and they're not. He said, well, it's just what we have to do. And so at that point in my journey of what I was going to do with my life, uh, I decided that is not what I wanted to do with my life. I did not want to lie to kids and tell them they're prepared for something they're not prepared for. So I made the decision to go on uh, to uh, graduate school, and I went to Southwestern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, where I thought my role was going to be uh, to pastor a church then. Mm-hmm. And when I was finishing up my degrees there, I had a church come to me and wanted to know if I would be interested in becoming the pastor of their church. And it was a, a, a small church out in the middle of the uh, prairies in Oklahoma. And I, I told them, I said, well, you know, what is the salary? What do you provide? Well, we don't have much of a salary, but uh, there is a lot of woods around there with a lot of game in it. So you could go hunting. Uh, and I told them, <laughs> I don't kill anyone. And they said, you have enough land that you could plant a garden. I told them, these hands don't play in dirt. <laughs> so that was not going to be what it was. So when I finished at seminary, I was offered a position at Ohio University uh, in Athens, Ohio, where I was going to teach and also be the Baptist campus minister and work with the college students there. And I did that for a few years, and then I was offered a position at Wayne State University in Detroit. And it was in the philosophy department and also to work with the students. And so I went there. And, Greg, when I was there about three years, the I was asked to donate 18% of my salary back to the university because they were going through budget cuts. And I thought to myself, you know, I've worked all these years to get to where I am and I'm worth even more than what they're paying me for what Mm -hmm. I. So I told the president of the university, I said, it's okay. You can have your 18%. In fact, I'm going to give you the whole salary because I'm not coming back. (laughs) This is my last year. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, Greg, I have um, I have 16 laws that guide my life, and I live by them every day of my life. And one of those laws is never stay anywhere where your presence isn't appreciated. Mm-hmm. Because if people don't rep- appreciate your presence, they don't respect you. They don't see value in them. So I had um, been away from the university for a little over a month, and my phone in my study uh, rang. And it was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Jess Moody. And Jess was pastor of First Baptist Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. And he told me, he said, Richard, he said, I don't know you. I've never heard of you. But he said, we're looking for someone who would come here and head up the counseling division of our church. And would you be interested in flying here to Florida and talking to me? Greg, it's January. I'm in Detroit. Didn't take a long <laughs> plane ticket to South Florida. And so <laughs> you got out of there real quick. As fast as I could, young man. And I was on that church for the, ran the church counseling division for four years. And then the church went through its own internal explosion. Churches will never be immune from their own set of challenges as long as they're made up of humans. Mm-hmm. And so I knew it was time for me to leave there. And a gentleman in the church came to me and wanted to know if he sponsored and paid for it. Would I run a counseling center there in the Palm Beaches where people could come free? 
This gentleman had been blessed with more money than he knew what to do with, but he had a healthy definition of the word stewardship. So he put together this counseling center where people could come and they didn't have to pay anything. And while I was running that, I wrote some magazine articles that got some international attention. And uh, I started getting groups that would ask me, would you come share some of your work with us? And I, I did that on a very limited basis for a little over a year. And then one day I woke up and I thought, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And this door has been open for a purpose. So I resigned and I started this and that was 35 years ago. Well, it's been a tremendous success. And like you say in your bio, you've helped hundreds of thousands of people. And, you know, in this book, this one, I Need a Life, we're going to focus on both of them. But, you know, you address the critical differences between existing and truly living, which is kind of what you just talked about now. Mm -hmm. Your own personal story was a story about existing and people, you know, and knowing what your self-worth was. Could you elaborate on what inspired you to explore this topic, I Need a Life? Um, because the reality is on the back of the book, you say, when versus while, problem versus challenge, sameness versus improvement, and doubt versus trust. I think if we just <laughs> covered those, we, we'd probably make a whole show of it. But the reality is... Um, Speak about that, because I think there's a lot of listeners out there <clears throat> that you were really just talking about valuing yourself. You're you're never enough. And that comes from the enoughness. And that enoughness frequently comes from when we we're growing up. Your parents said, well, you got to be a straight A student. Well, you weren't a straight A student, so you weren't enough. Or something else came along in your life and you got fired from a job and you went, geez, I must not be enough. And you allowed those programs to get more and more programmed in you. And so now you don't feel worthy. What would you say to them, Richard? Well, you know, I, your personal value is so much. And we, I'm just going to do a thumbnail of this because we don't have time. But um, I was born in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother was a prostitute in New Orleans. I was the result of a one-night stand. Have no mm -hmm. idea who my dad was on my birth certificate. There's no name of a father. I have no idea who he was. When I was basically uh, two weeks old, I was adopted into a home. I was only adopted into this home because my dad wanted a son. Um, my mother never wanted me. They had adopted three girls, and none of us are from the same family. But uh, from the age of six to the age of 16, my mother proved to me every day she didn't want me. Because, Greg, she'd make one of three statements to me. You're the stupidest kid I've ever met. And we know parents don't lie. Parents are always truthful with kids. Mm -hmm. So if mom said you're stupid, you must be stupid. Or my mother would tell me, um, you're never going to amount to anything in life. And then the one that would rip my heart out is when my mother would look at me and tell me, I'm sorry we ever adopted you. And my best day will be the day when you're no longer in my house. Mm -hmm. So... When I was 16, we had moved to Oklahoma. When I was 15, mom told me I had to get a, a job to pay room and board. And when I was 16, I was working at an IGA store in Ardmore, Oklahoma. And I called my dad to come get me just like he always did. And dad drove up in front of the grocery store. And when my dad stepped out of the car, I started to walk over to get there. And he leaned across the car and he said, Richard, wait a minute. 
And Greg, Greg, when he stepped around behind the car, I saw my dad was carrying something and he was carrying a suitcase. And that suitcase was put down beside me. My dad told me my mom had decided I could no longer live at home. Mm-hmm. And from the age of 16, uh, I have been on my own. And my greatest challenge in life is being able to undo what my mother taught me. Well, this was your adopted family or this was? Yes, the, oh, this was yeah, the adopted family. The, the adopted family. So at 16, you were kind of put out uh, yeah. of the home. Okay. Yeah. And so from 16, you pretty fended for yourself. Yeah. I, I called a gentleman whose two kids were my best friends. And Troy helped me find a room with the editor of the daily newspaper in town. And I paid her $5 a week to live in her house. And I'd go to school every day. I'd go to football or tennis practice. I'd go to the IJ store. I'd work work till nine o'clock. And I'd come home, Greg, and I'd sit at her table in her dining room doing my homework until I couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. Because mm-hmm. I knew when I went into that little dark bedroom, I was going to crawl in bed and cry myself to sleep. And mm-hmm. one of my laws of life is to never forget the number one thing a human life wants to know is that they matter. And we, we've messed that up today, Greg, uh, because the world will show you that they matter so that they can use you. I spend a lot of time working with people on the difference between living outside in and inside out. And I love the theme of your show. I love the inside personal growth because outwardly there is no growth. Because yeah. when you and I are living outside in, we are following the 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 format or the what the outside world wants to teach us about ourselves. Well, and, and I'm if, sure you you've said this before to your students, but if you're expecting somebody else to make you happy, you're really on a pretty wrong course because it's all about inside you. What is it that you believe? And I think what might be good for our listeners because of your story. You know, there's many people out there that that have stories. Everybody's got a story, right? Uh, yours is very compelling to have been put out at 16 and then have to go to work and come home and do your homework. Uh, pretty much cry yourself to sleep because, you know, look, you were born from a father you never knew and a mother who didn't care. But if you were sitting in your shoes right now, which you are, and you're talking with thousands of people, What's one actionable step that this particular book might give them that they could start implementing today to change that behavior, right? What What is it, you know, that belief? I'm going to call it a belief. For a lot of people, it's a truth. Um, I know I've had so many people on here. Is it true? Is it really true? Um, you know, you start to make up stories and you begin to believe them and then you live the story. And that really isn't, that's the reality. What's the difference as you probably say between your current reality and your potential, there's a gap there between the reality and the potential. And if there's anyone that could help somebody give them an actionable step to start on the road toward their potential, what would that be? Well, Greg, let me drop back into the story for a minute because that was the turning point. Uh, when I went, when I picked up that suitcase and I walked into downtown Ardmore, Oklahoma, I went to the hotel Ardmore and I told them I needed a room. They looked at me funny because I looked mighty young, but they gave me a room and I went up to the seventh floor, opened the door, never turned the lights on, dropped the suitcase, walked across the room, opened the window and crawled out on the ledge. And on that ledge, I had to make a decision. Do I live or do I die? Mm-hmm. 
And there was a turning point there because I realized that if I jumped, my mother would win. And I wasn't about to give anybody that victory in my life. And that was a turning point for me to begin to understand I am either going to give my life to other people to design or I'm going to build that solid foundation of belief, trust, and faith in me that I will, I will be able to reach inside me and find the me that I'm capable of becoming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the behavior never lies. It's based on one basic truth for me that the essence of truth is not what someone says, it's what they do. Well, you say it's between it, it for the readers in the book, and I'm going to hold this one up because I held up the other one. Um, you say in this one, moving the behavior never lies. What the core message is, is for readers to take away regarding consistency between words and actions. Okay. And you address this in the circle of sameness and the importance of accountability. Um, I think that that would be a good one for our listeners to hear because the reality is this circle of sameness and this importance of accountability are, are very important factors that you bring up in this book. Um, what, what would you tell them about the circle of sameness? Well, you, all of us, we either live from yesterday to today or today to tomorrow. And if I live from yesterday to today, all I have is where I've been. And Greg, yesterday is made up of two sets of filing cabinets. One set of filing cabinets is all the wrongs that I believe my life has had and all the failures that I've had, everything that, that pulls me down uh, and everything that makes me doubt myself and worry about myself and live in uncertainty. And there's another set of file cabinets that are all of my successes. And that file cabinet is based in my belief, my trust, and my faith in myself. And what I find with most people is because they don't understand basically the title of your show, Inside Personal Growth, that outside yourself, you can't grow because you're an actor in someone else's play. Mm -hmm. The only way you and I are going to grow is that we're going to grow from the inside out. But to do that, I've got to strengthen the three things that hold that foundation in place. I've got to believe in myself. And if your listeners could get to know me, I am probably the most self-confident person they'll ever meet in their life. I throw parties and I'm the only one I invite. And God, <laughs> there's such great parties. Because now it took a while to believe in myself because I had to undo what my mother had taught me about me. Right, right. And then right. once I had the belief, I began to trust me. And as I trusted in myself, I began to see my value. I began to see my talents. I began to see what as an individual that I can actually achieve in my life. But to do that, I had to eliminate a lot of people out of my life. And this is a challenge with growth. The more you want to do with your life, the fewer people you can have in your life. Because mm -hmm. most people are not in your life to strengthen you. They're in your life to see what they can take from you. And then when they're done with you, they just sort of toss you aside. And well, I have that belief. I have that trust. I have that faith in myself. I think every one of the people that uh, we encounter in our life is there for us to learn a lesson. Depends on what we take away from it. And um, I would like for you to speak about our own personal responsibility. You know, we're 100% responsible for ourselves. 
right? Nobody else. And what is the importance of that and the importance of being accountable? Well, there are certain words right now in our society that uh, are trying to be erased. And one of those is accountability. You know, Mm -hmm. this is my life. God gave me my life. Mm -hmm. And I am here on this earth to create the life that allows me to be free to be me. And it gets challenged all the time. Mm -hmm. But if I am not accountable for my behavior, then what do I do? I live in a world of blame, which there's a lot of today. I live in a world of excuses, which is the title of my next book. Uh, So what's your excuse? I live in a world where I justify everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if you want to be a part of my life, you agree with me. So what do I do? I bring the outside world into my life. Mm-hmm. And I form that circle of sameness where every day I repeat where I've been. But I have another choice. I can live from today to tomorrow. And if I live from today to tomorrow, what am I doing? I'm focusing on the value of my life. When I grow, and growth is not automatic. When mm-hmm. I grow, I have to strengthen the belief, the trust, and the faith in myself. I was on a call uh, right before we started with one of my mentoring students. And he's struggling right now in his life because he's at a crossroads in his life where he either has to accept this is my life or I'm going to continue to give my life to other people. But he's realizing how lonely that life of other people having control and how little you're going to achieve and that all you have is a yesterday that you keep repeating in your circle of sameness. I agree with you. You know, we used to have a saying, and I'm sure you've heard this, yesterday is a canceled check, tomorrow's a promissory note, right? But the and, and the reality is, is it's so true. If you're living from today to tomorrow, you have something to live for. If you're reliving your experiences from yesterday, you're just digging up all the stuff that could have gone wrong and the coulda, woulda, shouldas, right? And the reality is, is it's not about the coulda, woulda, shouldas. It's about your potential and moving from where you are now or your current reality to your potential. And, you know, you you talk about eight-step process. Now, we've talked about a few of them so far. One of them is believe in yourself, expand your horizons, holding yourself accountable, addressing your inconsistencies, very carefully align yourself with the right people. I think that one's a big one. Uh, that very carefully aligning yourself with the right people, number five, is really big. Increasing your awareness and operating your life at a manageable pace and refusing to go backwards. So out of those eight, we've addressed many already. What we haven't addressed is inconsistencies and carefully aligning yourself with the right people. Increasing your awareness is a big one. And operating your life at a manageable pace. What would you basically just overview, tell our listeners about addressing inconsistencies and aligning ourselves with right people? Well, for you and I to have growth, we have to understand that in life, there are three things we have to have to build consistency. You got to have a positive purpose for your life. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't have a positive pur- purpose, Greg, all I'm going to do is live every day doubting myself. 
And the interesting thing about doubt is you can't doubt without worrying. And when doubt and worry join forces, what do they do? They give you the feeling of uncertainty. So doubt is what creates inconsistencies. It's the most formidable enemy that most of us have. I mean, I know you've been there. I've been there. Your listeners have been there. How many times do we live in a world where we doubt ourselves? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mind says, let's do it. My emotions say, try. Because when you're living with inconsistencies, you're living from your emotions up. When you're living from consistencies, you're living from your mind down. And there is a battle that goes on inside of us. And that battle is between that old you that wants that circle of sameness and that new you that wants you to move forward. And those two natures inside of us fight all the time. And if we live that world of inconsistencies, then I bring people into my life who support that. I agree. And emotions don't need to take the, the ride in the trunk. The emotions need to come out front. You know, we I'm using the analogy of a car right now, but frequently we we stuff those emotions behind us and we never really address them. Like you just said about your mother and your father and being put out and you standing on the ledge of that hotel thinking, well, I'm not going to let my mother live. Well, the emotion of of anger and frustration that you had uh, for your mother, you had to have had. Um, because of the kind of childhood you were brought up in. What would you tell the listeners today who are trying to cope with some of those emotions that have been riding in the trunk of the car and they haven't been in the front seat with them? Well, this is going to this is going to uh, make some people have to think. We live in a world today where I think one of the most dangerous parts of people's lives today is depression. Yeah, it is. You know, I believe if we don't have belief, trust, and faith, we're depressed. Now, there are two types of depression from my viewpoint. There is depression where it's an emotional thing and you need medication to help you. But I believe that 97% of all depression is personal. It's not, it's not, doesn't need uh, medication. No, I agree. It just needs for a person to take that deep breath and tell themselves, I got to get honest with myself. Mm-hmm. I need to start living my life from today to tomorrow. You know, you put it one way, but I say that yesterday is a reference library. Okay. And all this is what we take from it. It's mm-hmm. got two file cabinets. Mm-hmm. And if I live in depression, I'm looking for everything that I can blame my life on. I could have laid in the corner and sucked my thumb for the rest of my life and blamed my mother for what I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Or I could understand that in my life, God put three men when I was growing up as a teenager in my life who helped me build that foundation of belief, trust, and faith in myself. And I understood at that point, I'm either going to put people in my life who are going to hold me hostage or I'm going to put people in my life who are going to set me free. And I look today for the people who are going to set me free. And if I could say one thing to to your listeners, it's stop lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Stop right. playing the game with yourself where you're looking for something to blame. You're looking for someone to uh, allow you to be down on yourself. There are people that walk into your life that are there to help you. 
If you could walk through my house in South Florida, you'd find that in four rooms, there's a sticky note. And it's the same sticky note in each room. And I don't start a day of my life without reading that sticky note. And all it says, Greg, is somebody's going to need me today. Mm -hmm. And what I live every day is to be prepared for that someone that's going to need me today. And there are days I get up that the person that needs me is me. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Well, you know, you talk about a lot of principles in these books. You also address um, the fact that, you know, you've, you've, one of the things you address is what you call achieving behavioral consistency. Um, and I, I think that's a big one. Um, what action st- <coughs> steps would you inform or inspire our listeners to actually achieve what you're, you're referring to as behavioral consistency? And, and Greg, I want, you, I want your listeners to really hear what I'm about to say. Life is based in five questions. And these five questions are where you're going to decide what you're going to do. Number one, what do I really want for my life? Not what do I want, but what do I really want for my life? This is my life. Mm-hmm. Me. And when I, yeah. when, I can, when I can answer that question, because that's the toughest question in life to answer. Yeah. Okay. That gives you purpose. And then the second question is, why do I really want this? Why do I want this for my life? And that opens up the world of commitment, of what I'm I'm committed to. And there's a difference between being committed with words and being committed Committed with with actions. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third question, which is the pivotal question, what price am I willing to pay to have this? You know, I would imagine in your life, there have been price tags for you. You've you've been places and you've had to choose, and every choice you make has a price tag to it. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth question is, what behaviors will I have to improve to get me there? And then the question that really brings all all this together is this. Will this decision feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity? Will this decision... Feed my confusion or strengthen my clarity. And people all the time in the counselor room used to tell me, well, I don't know. Yes, you do. If you want to know what you are committed to, look at your behavior because behavior cannot lie. And your behavior is always where truth is aligned with living. Yeah, the the part about clarity, you know, my personal purpose is, and you talked about purposes, I exist and serve to inspire passion. Biblically, that for me, and I know you're a, a man of spiritual belief, um, you know, when I when I formed that purpose statement, people say, why do you keep doing this podcast? You've been doing this for 17 years, and you've had, you know, almost 1,100 guests now. It's because the people out there keep providing positive feedback about what they're hearing from people like you. And my goal was the way I defined passion was taking people from confusion to clarity. Okay. And I think these shows help people to get greater clarity. And I think that's important. That last one that you said, is it feeding clarity or confusion? Because we are that confusion. What 
what lies in that confusion is that depression that you talked about. You know, that that challenge that we're having. What lies in clarity is tons of energy and support and people that will help you for your cause, whatever it might be, what are your purposes in life, and to go for it. Now, I think people out there listening get who you are by now. It's 19 books, two books we've talked about. What are what are what is one or two stories for you of people that have come through your workshops or your seminars, of people that have transformed their lives that you'd want to share with our listening audience? Because you have a couple of programs, one coming up in January. I want to make sure that we talk about that, um, that we send people to your website so that they can go learn more about your seminars and your workshops. One of them is on a beautiful big boat that you're taking people out on, I saw. Uh, looks pretty interesting. Um, so tell us a little bit about two, one or two stories of people that just really come to light for you that have taken your work and really taken it to heart and made a big change in their life. I was in Minneapolis, Greg, and I was speaking to a group and about the, we were into the program for about 20 minutes and I noticed this lady walked in and she came in and she sat down in the back of the room. And at first she, it did seem like she was paying attention. Then she really got involved in what I was talking about because I was talking about no limits that you're only limited when you doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. When you learn how to believe in yourself. That whatever your talent is, you have the freedom to soar. And I finished the program and everybody was walking out and I saw her coming down the aisle. And she walked up to me and she opened her purse and she took out a gun. And she handed it to me and said, would you take this? She said, I was on my way tonight to commit suicide. I was going to kill myself because life holds nothing for me. And she said, you made me realize that it's me that's the one that's in my way. It's not life. It's me. And what I have to do is I need to find who I am. And, you know, I, I, I worked with that lady for almost a year after that. And today she is a living, breathing model of someone who took what she thought was a time in her life where life had no value to today where she is a nurse and she's making tremendous difference in the lives of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what a, what a great story. You know, it always is compelling when you hear the stories of the lives that have changed as a result of perfect timing, God's destiny, uh, somebody to walk in that room at that time and hear what you were talking about. I don't ever believe that it's us. I believe it's being channeled through us. I do too. Um, and and I and I don't, you know, when I write my books and I do my things, it's like, wow, well, I, I frequently, you know, I'll get back up and go, wow, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe I really wrote that. Um, and I, I think that's true for you too, I would say, from what I've heard so far, is that you you believe that as well. Um now if if somebody was um, to want to come to one of your workshops, because I want to get this in. You have this Power to Be 24 workshop coming up. Um, you've got a podcast show. You've got 19 books. You've got all kinds of things when people go to your website. 
And for my listeners, it's richardflint.com is one of them. Um, what is the other uh, landing page for you as well? Because you've got several. But I know Richard Flint, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-F-L-I-N-T.com. There you can learn more about him, but he's also got another uh, site as well, right? Yeah. One of the ones that we've, we're we working on now, because I used to do one major conference a year, um, Greg, where we would have three, 400 people at it. We did it for 30 straight years. Mm-hmm. And I put it on my heart. It was time to change that design. So what we've done is we've started a group of small group retreats that are limited to 15 people. Mm. Our next one is January 11 through 14. It's going to be in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And my theme is sharpening your listening skills. Because you asked me, what do you think is the most important skill you need in your life? It's listening. Without listening, there is no communication. Correct. So we're going to talk about communication. We're going to talk about the difference between listening and hearing. And I'm going to give people the nine laws to make sure that you become a listener and not someone who's just hearing. The big boat you were talking about is next summer. Uh, I'm doing a, a cruise, an Alaskan cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be for a week sailing out of Seattle. And my theme is setting sail for toward tomorrow because I want people to understand the difference between living from yesterday to today and today to tomorrow. One of the one of the most fun things we do is every Friday at 10 a.m. We have an open mic and it's I have a question uh, that I put out at the uh, the week before. And then we come together on Friday morning at 10 a.m. And uh, it's just an open mic. I do a little monologue. We open it up and people talk about the question. That's free every Friday. Is that, morning. Is that 10 a.m. Eastern time? Yeah, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So and 7 Pacific. So 7 Pacific. We'll put a link to that. Uh, we'll also put a link for you in the blog entry to the Power to Be 24 and your other workshop around communication. Because um, I think it's really important. The resources are out there for my listeners for them to access not only you, but to access your books. Obviously, just go to Amazon and type in Richard Flint. You're going to get all these books. Uh, He's got a blog. So there's all kinds of regular posts there. There's a podcast that you can go to. You can see it up in the left-hand corner right now, just richardflint.com forward slash podcast. Let's talk human behavior. Um, So there's plenty of ways for my listeners to get engaged with you. And I think, you know, it's been a very great dialogue we've had this morning about many different things. And I'm sure that you and I could speak for much, much longer. But I want to kind of wrap things up with if every somebody's listening out there, what do you hope is lasting impact for those people that either engage with your books, come to your workshops or seminars, hear you speak in some way? What is it that you would like to have happen? And what are three takeaways from today's talk that those listeners could really actionable steps that they can incorporate into their life. Number one, the, the guiding, the guiding force in my life. And this is what I'd hope that people would, would move toward that my purpose in life is to, is to create a positive presence that has a presence when I'm not present to have a positive presence that is present when I'm not present and that I want to be my legacy. Uh, 
then as far as the thoughts, behavior never lies. Don't ever get away from that. That is a truth that if you can bring that into your life, it'll revolutionize your life. Number two, that I am an original, not a carbon copy. God didn't put me here to be like anybody else. He gave me uniqueness. But if I live with doubt, worry, and uncertainty and not believe, trust, and faith, I have to give it up. I have to give up my originality. And then the last one, and this one is really important to me. Anything you don't confront in life, you validate. Anything in life you don't confront in life, you validate. And there are so many of your listeners and so many people who don't confront their self. They lie to their self. And they don't confront their behavior. And always remember, whoever you are is not defined by what you say. It's defined by the behavior of your life because behavior never lies. That is really poignant um, because we used to say when I took my course, in, my master's course in spiritual psychology, you don't have to believe everything you think, one. And two, we said if a camera followed you today, video camera, did a whole day of a day in the life of Richard Plant or Greg Voison. When you rolled that camera back, would you like what you saw? And I think it's important to realize that we want to all behave in a way that we would like what we saw. What was it that you did for other people? What did you do for yourself? How many people did you engage with? How did you help transform their lives or give them a step up? Um, and I think that this uh, dialogue with you this morning has been one that's going to help people take a step up. And you can do that by just reaching out to Richard. Go to richardflint.com. Uh, he's accessible. It's not like there's a curtain there <laughs> and it's the Wizard of Oz and you can't talk to him. <laughs> you can talk to Richard. Uh, you can talk to his staff as well. He's got a very efficient staff. Um, it is a big business, but Richard is never unreachable. That's the point. And I think if you've got a problem or an issue and you want to reach out, do that. He's the kind of person that will get back to you. A lot of people won't, but I do realize that Richard will. Right, Richard? Yeah. And, and Greg, I want to say one more thing. If I've touched you today and you're struggling with something in your life, you don't know what to do. Send me an email, richard at richardflint.com. Might take me a couple of days to get back to you, but I answer every email personally. And if I can help you in any way, because I live by those words, somebody's going to need me today. And it's possible that someone that is listening to us today will need us. Richard at richardflint.com. And here are the two books that we talked about this morning. The other thing is, if you're somebody who's out there uh, in pain, or in need of assistance, or needs to talk to somebody, uh, don't be that person that goes to the ledge of the hotel room and makes the wrong decision. Make the decision for you. Uh, if you're that lady in the seminar with the gun in your pocketbook, uh, make sure that you give it up because there's something so much more to live for than the negative thoughts that you've um, started to believe about yourself and the world. Um, because there is so much positive out there. I know in the world in which we live in today, Richard, 
People can get distracted so easily by social media, the news, the things that are going on, and get so frustrated by the economy or the wars or whatever, and get so distorted in a belief. And I think if you do an action outside of yourself to help somebody else, they've always said that that act of kindness that that act of supporting someone else, which is the My Nonprofit People Know Compassionate Communications, we help the homeless. It's so important that you'll find out what will happen to you is your life will change for the benefit for the better. Uh, and the reason for that is, is that you're not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about somebody else. Right? Somebody's going to need me today. That's right. That's those four stickers in your various rooms. Somebody needs you today. And it's true. Every day somebody needs you. So don't give up your life for not being needed. You are needed. Richard, your personal story was really, really compelling. I did not know that about you, uh, but I can see why you've become the man that you've come and the position that you've taken life to help other people um, and your story about getting there. And again, Richard pointed out the first part of this interview, your worthiness. Keep in mind that everybody out there listening, you are worth, you have a high value and your value is probably higher than you think, right? Just like Richard walked away from two or three things before he got where he is today. But it takes a lot of confidence to believe that you are worthy. And I get that, right? Everybody deals with that, that you are enough. And I'm here to tell you that Richard gave us a lot of messages about you being enough. So Richard, blessings to you. Thanks for being on Inside Personal Growth and sharing your wisdom, uh, the knowledge from all the workshops you've done and the things you do. Go to richardflint.com, reach out to Richard. Thanks, Richard. My pleasure, Greg. I hope we can do this again sometime. We will. Most definitely. I need to break bread with you in Florida or wherever you are. (laughs) (laughs) I would enjoy that very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast on Inside Personal Growth. We appreciate your support. And for more information about new podcasts, please go to InsidePersonalGrowth.com or any of your favorite channels to listen to our podcast. Thanks again. And have a wonderful day.